0: Hello out there to all the uncensored cinephiles. We are back with another assigned seating and I'm joined by my wonderful co-host, co-producer, co-everything, the lovely Luke. How are you? I'm good, Steve. I didn't realise
1: until you played that intro that I'm like, this is my first assigned seating I've ever done. Yeah. First so, I know, um, what a
0: doozy. We're going to have to be gentle or maybe we'll just bite you on the earlobe to distract you from the pain, hey? Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's
1: always Are nice. You,
0: or, or, do you, or do you like to like, sock me the face and the old pop goes the weasel, whatever.
1: Look, I think for the purposes of reviewing this film, we should do sockus to the face.
0: Okay. Because that's cool. what
1: Gina Davis would do.
0: That's what what Gina, that's what Gina, WWGD, what would Gina do? So Luke has given you a hint as to what we are doing. Uh, For those of you that haven't joined us here on Assigned Seating, this is our movie review show. We do, of course, have Uncensored Horror, which Luke is a co-everything on with me and Katie and Brooke. But this is for movies that don't really fit that category because we these are say, films oh. that we've
1: chatted about and then we're like, oh yeah, we can't review that and now we're like, why can't we? We just throw yeah. a new
0: title on it. <laughs> anything, anything from, you know, classic cinema to cult fan favourites, this is what we do. So, this is where we choose to, you know, get those all those movies that don't really fit the flow of uncensored horror and we tend to like to get a newbie and a fan of the, fan of the movie, but this one, Luke and I are both um, fans of, and we're going to talk about it. A, a cult classic this time—and something we haven't done on a side seating. We haven't done an action movie yet, and this no. is pretty. This is pretty hot uh, action, ladies and gentlemen. We are talking about 1996's "The Long Kiss Goodnight." Now, 1996, eat your heart out. 1996. I didn't realize it was that long ago until so I looked it up. I was like, "Oh dear, I would have, would have been in." Oh wait, no, just in high, just in high school. Wait, 96. Yeah, in high yeah. school. Well, think yeah. around
1: this era was kind of when Gina stopped being in everything. You know, like she'd gone from like she was still A-list at this point, but there this was a very- detour.
0: Yeah. No, there is, yeah, There is a very big discussion that we're going to have at the end of the movie about just what happens to Gina Davis because okay, something happened. But if you have not, as we always do a preface, if you have not seen The Long Kiss Goodnight and want to join the conversation, pause the podcast now and come back and, you know, join us. But I remember this film, and I think you'll agree, This was a video shop classic, this one. The first time I saw it was on V8. And it was a constant rental. I I saw it once and I'm like, this is amazing. It was on pretty heavy rotation, this one. I enjoyed it. I actually
1: was in Alice Springs, of all places, uh, and and we decided to go to the video. Like, they had... Heaps of video stores there, but this is back during video store time. Um, yeah, and I remember going. And it was a Thursday night, and I think you got two for one or something on a Thursday, and Long Kiss Goodnight was put in. Yes, yeah. So and I look, just
0: remember, yeah,
1: it's very much. It, it, it was a. It's a, a 90s movie, like you know that. As soon as you, you you're know, in for the capital ride,
0: a, capital A action 90s movie, isn't it? I, yes. It feels weird to I think, especially in the modern day when a lot of our action movies are comic book based. That yeah, people get shot in this movie <laughs> just random people just get shot yeah. and stabbed and killed. And it's like, oh okay, we like that was like, you know, up, up, yeah. up there with the body count in this movie. It's like, oh, you got the way, you got the way, you got the way. It's all over. It's like oh, okay.
1: Now talk, can we talk, can we actually talk about like what this Movie was meant to try and be for Gina Davis, or what it was, I guess. But whether we'll
0: well, we'll talk about it, but let's give the people a little bit of an idea of where we start. So the long cast could we'll just do a little mini synopsis. Um, Gina Davis plays Samantha Kane, who is a small town school teacher. Uh, She lives in this small town with her daughter Caitlin and her boyfriend. And it seems a pretty... Oh, so she's a single mum that's shacked up with a new black. It seems like a pretty simple life. (sighs) Uh, But in the narrative, in the narration in the beginning, we find out that eight years earlier, Sam was washed up on a beach in New Jersey with no memory of who she was. And... uh, Yeah, and um, no memory of who she was and pregnant. So she woke up and had to basically construct a life that she knew nothing about. She has, she knows that she has a lot of scars on her body and that she has a daughter and that she, to her knowledge, as she says, she is eight years old and a school teacher. So that's not bad interesting education experience. degree at AJ. <sighs> so But she is, never, she's never managed to actually get answers. She's hired private investigator after private investigator to no luck. And we meet the last guy on the case, one Mr. Mitch Hennessy, played by full-throttle 90s Samuel L. Jackson. Like, yeah. full-on full on Samuel L. Jackson from the 90s. Can I
1: just say, though, weren't these two a fun pair, though? Like, the they most were, random pairing the cast, in the world. casting
0: was, cast was fantastic for these. So yeah. like, they play off each other so well. But... It's creepy when you look at Sam Jackson in this movie and in the Marvel stuff now when they've de-aged him in like Captain Marvel and certain movies when they've de- It looks exactly the same. so Oh, technology- long kiss,
1: good night. Filmmakers might be able to see.
0: That could be Techn- ripping the imagery. It's <laughs> just amazing now that you can look at Samuel L. Jackson from 1996 and go, okay, he can still look the same today. And that's... Very interesting. That's so,
1: actually um, really frightening, though. Like I know, limits, there's barely any limits in Hollywood anymore. But like, you know, they could start to cast movies with deceased actors.
0: How long? Yeah, how long till yeah. you know deceased actors make a return? They already done. Yeah. Her name was Carrie Fisher. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, she's, still, she's still got one movie to come out, so her final movie comes out very soon. Actually, this year. There you go. But here's here's a question. Here's a question for you: Is this a Christmas movie because all of the action happens during the Christmas vacation? Uh, well, there's a lot of that. snow.
1: There's
0: yeah. a lot of snow,
1: and I guess um, it's like the Die Hard category. Like, is this Christmas movie because it happens at Christmas and there's lots of ice and stuff? It's
0: but like a it's like a female Die Hard this one.
1: It's <laughs> no, no. They even weird. ran with Christmas for the theme. Yeah, they did Christmas.
0: <laughs> So Anna, Chris, after they host a Christmas party, Samantha, being the good citizen that she is, decides to drive a drunken uh, friend of the family home, where he accidentally distracts her from the road, and they collide with a deer, and she gets, well, he gets like fucked up. He dies, I would assume, because he's still in the car when it when it stops and bursts into flames. Sammy's Do we never thrown- see him in the movie again? <laughs> no. No, you just see him in the car as as the flames start to light up. And yeah, like no one seems to be... What a way to kick
1: off the body count. I know,
0: right? (laughs) But um, Sam, after she's thrown from the car and is bloodied, discovers the, the dying digger and snaps its neck before passing out next to it. Now She could have helped a mate and fire in the bloody car. That's um, <sighs> that, was that was intense. She grabbed those antlers and gave him a snap. It's like,
1: oh yeah. Right so, she so she has a little bit of something else going on, right?
0: Something. Is happening. Yeah, we don't know yeah. whether it's <laughs> or something else is reoccurring. So mm. after she is, you know, back to normal, back in the family home, um, there's a lovely little, warm and fuzzy. Cooking scene, which is one of my favorite parts of the movie. You know, it's just a little banter. Everyone knows that she's the town amnesiac, and you know the the kids like talk about her behind them like as like an urban legend almost. But um, she doesn't. She's got some knife skills. Yeah. She's got some amazing knife skills. This is all leading to something, isn't it? Chopping, chopping, <laughs> chopping, chopping, chopping <sighs> and so she gets that tomato, throws it in the air, and Pins it to the wall with a kitchen knife, and as one, most mamas like, do. One of the best lines in the movie. Chefs do that. <laughs> it's like that is, and she's just so cool about it. She's like, okay, okay, high school teacher. So <sighs> what I want to what I want to discuss now with you, because okay. we are uncensored horror, and we have seen some of Rennie Harland's work, the director. Mm-hmm. It's very, especially this beginning part, it's very um, comparable, I guess you would say, to another one of his famous works. Do you know where, what I'm getting at here?
1: No, 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 no. I'm trying to follow here. Like I...
0: So I think of, you know, a franchise. franchise that, you know, might have had a little bit to do with some some dreams.
1: Oh, it's Nightmare on Elm Street.
0: Rennie Harlan directed Nightmare on Elm Street 4. Ah. Dreamer, which featured a strong female lead who magically gets, you know, powers and turns into it from meek and mild little person to kick ass, kick ass assassin. Basically, yeah. I found the. I only recently. I just recently watched this, and the imagery, especially when Sam is starting to have her flashes um, into like her subconscious, are very Nightmare on Elm Street. Very, yes. very. Now,
1: now. Now that you've said it, and now that we've. Like the link has been made very obvious to me. I do see little throwbacks to like, like Nightmare Dead 4, or like a li- just like, um, what would I say, common threads or familiarity, like the way yeah. he,
0: yeah. C- common motifs we'll go with, hey? There we go. Oh, yes, we motifs. So she is, um, yeah she is having these flashbacks on a dark windswept cliff where she's looking at herself in the mirror and she slowly morphs into another person who is coming for her when she's unconscious it's like oh all right freddie all right Freddy, so, all right, Freddy calm down it's, so gene's character has some issues though right Gina's character has some issues. Yeah. Internally, but she has some bigger issues because meanwhile, amidst all this, there is a shot of a jail, maximum security prison, where a, a surly one-eyed person sees footage of the Christmas queen, Mrs. Claus, and reacts very, very badly to it. Uh, he is, yeah, not happy that she seems to be alive. Okay, so so... Is this mysterious
1: person, we ask ourselves. Mm. This he knows her. He knows her before
0: she woke up on that beach. He does. He knows her, and you know we are starting to meet characters that that know of her. But how do they know of her? What is what is the mystery? What is the mystery behind that that she is alive? Well, that mystery mm. gets kind of really solved quite quickly when. Uh, one-eyed Jack, as they call him, uh, breaks into their home, holds those poor carolers to to ransom, and is like going to kill them. But not before another one of my favourite scenes in this movie, where you know we're, we've we've recovered from the car accident and chefs do that, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But, mummy we have a little quality mum-daughter time where we're learning to ice skate. Hmm. Uh, do you know the child actress that is that plays her daughter, that plays Caitlin?
1: Oh, she is familiar to me. Familiar? Who is
0: she? Who is she? Her name, her name is Yvonne Zima. Oh, that's not helping. Zima. So Zima is the last name of an actress... That is, was in a very popular sitcom in the 90s. She played a child. Yeah, I'm she figuring played, that much. She played a rich child
1: that had a nanny. Oh, yes. The Danny. Yeah. <sighs> so
0: she played the nanny. Her sister, Madeline, played the yep. youngest daughter in The Nanny. So you've got his, yeah. his Madeline. Madeline's younger sister and okay, really does
1: So the sister's an actress long. and already had established work, but didn't get the part in the nanny. Oh,
0: she was too young. She was too young. Okay. The nanny was nearly over. Oh, okay. So yeah. nanny was it's already a, well through. Yeah. How long this was. Yeah. The nanny was. The yeah, nanny. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, she's the little sister and, and quite a good actress because we, we find out that Caitlin can't skate and, um, Sam's giving her a little bit of a skating lesson <laughs> and try I, I think with well intention and you know well and sam the woman the woman who is Sam <laughs> tries <sighs> to get an escape gives her a little push, and she falls down onto her wrist and starts complaining that her wrist hurts she doesn't want to skate anymore.
1: oh, she's piking. Does this bring yeah. out the other side of Sam?
0: <laughs> Does. Yeah, like, can't stand I, weakness, eh? Hey? My wrist hurts. Life hurts. Deal with it. Oh uh, that's parenting one oh one there, I thought. I thought that was great. Yeah. <laughs> Life hurts. Deal with oh. it. So as she you said, know, you know We don't skate. all
1: need to come wake up out of a coma on a beach and be this ferret. No. you know. Yeah, no, you no. can you can be a bit harsh on your kids anyway.
0: Well, look, there's there's some, there's some reinforcement issues, but she, I, I do like that you're gonna escape princess to the sh- all the way to the shore and not fall once. <laughs> she's like <laughs> she's she's gone. So that was a very interesting parent moment, but again, it's a moment that Sam doesn't remember. She's lapsing in and out of of um, you know, I guess cognizance of what's happening between her and this mystery woman that's that's visiting her in her dreams mm. and her her subconscious so as the realities
1: said, are blurring bubs
0: yeah the attack <laughs> on the house happens and why not I don't know what kind of gun this guy has but he, his shotgun blows a hole in their wall <laughs> like that's insane. In fairness, okay.
1: shotguns probably would. Like the damage that they do in movies and stuff. A lot of guns they downplay it a bit. Like you can't shoot. You know, people all shooting at a car. It just drives off. Like that shit yeah. will have holes in it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but this uh, so this it's, uh, this wall explodes. And uh, uh, for for uh, a suburban mum, she's she does quite well because this is still Samantha at the moment that is reacting. That (laughs) picks up little home invasion, picks her up like a sack of potatoes, throws her through the hole in the wall that just happens to be level with the treehouse outside. Manages to get her child to safety, but I was like, "That's amazing!" But I've got to give it up, especially like this early on. Got to give it up to Gina Davis in this movie, man. She kicks ass, like...
1: Well, that's, she, like, this was meant to be a vehicle where she was going to prove that she could do these kind of movies. That's gonna be what I've scene. read. Yeah. yeah, That she could do it. And she, she did a lot of the stuff herself.
0: She, and it never looks forced or unnatural. I I, I tried to really look this time and go, ooh, stunt double wear. Uh, 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 uh. But I couldn't really see it. Like, I They've edited it that well and she's done enough of her own stunt work that it's not, you know, discernible that it's somebody else. Like, unlike, you know, other movies and TV shows that we've all seen where it is rapidly Uh, a person in a wig (laughs) that's stepped in from the start. Or they suddenly
1: have a bald spot and stuff. Or they're suddenly
0: a man in a wig, you know, that happens. Yeah, Yeah, it's (laughs) It's But, yeah, so... How uh, poor Hal gets his fucking his ass kicked. He he's done. He's useless. She meanwhile, like she cops it. She gets thrown to a glass door. She gets hit by like punched out. Hit by a cookie jar. Like she gets smashed. She gets smashed. But something kicks in in her, and she manages to to you know. Manifests that that inner whatever, and takes this guy out hardcore. Like he's done, but once once it's done, and she is slowly licking the blood and cream off her finger, which is a bit creepy. It's like, and Hal sees it. Yeah, she, she, seems snap- she snaps back. She back into it and goes, "Oh shit, where's Caitlin?" Ooh, and runs out. Meanwhile, of course. Samuel L. Jackson has come to save the day because he picked up a hot lead, hot lead on her past. So he has saved the child as the police arrive. He just has the best one-liners in this movie. Like when she's like, Yeah, listen to the girl, listen to the girl, don't shoot him. She's like Right. Okay. Cool. But, you know, this poor, so I mean, this it's poor,
1: the most weirdest pairing: Samuel L. Jackson and Gina Davis in an action film. It's like they just threw all these concepts into a bingo roller and just pulled out stuff. I'm like, yeah, let's do I it. Know. But it works. It's
0: so, it's <laughs> so knowing that she is seemingly a danger to Helen Caitlin, she leaves them um, to you know pursue the lead that Mitch has, and. Leaves Mr. Perkins the bear with a charm bracelet that she has had since she can remember, and mm. the cellular phone—sorry, portable phone—I think she calls it. Well, this is 1996, so this is beginning a yes. phone like one of those big ones, so she can call Mummy anytime she wants. Yeah. Space her- was
1: still calling Drew on the landline. Yeah.
0: She was giving she was giving you know she was giving her a candle to hold a vigil so she could find her way home all very touching touching motherly things to do you know they 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 do the right thing she does the right thing before she leaves now on they 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 have a lead basically the reason why um Mitch and Sam leave is that they've found a suitcase which contains. Property of Sam's, and uh, a note directed them to find a doctor Nathan Walden, who they set up. Okay. A so there wasn't with.
1: school supplies in this. In this, no,
0: suitcase, this is, is <sighs> seriously hints, hints to her her past life. Oh. So that about her engagement to to be married, and all of these mysterious threads that start to dangle. And really, you know, let people kind of piece together what's happening. So there is an arrangement to meet Dr. Walden. But the government has tapped the phone line. Why is the government involved at all? Yeah, this is strange. Yeah. Well, they must know who she is. Who can say? <laughs> so, Samantha and Mitch stop at... Uh, there's, it's very... It's, it's such a weird mix of movies. It's a road movie as well. They're stuffing in these, like, little hotels on the I way. know.
1: It's like they threw all these balls in the bingo thingy and, like, <laughs> let's just pull them out.
0: Let's put this all in one movie. <sighs> and so they, they have a little, a little tiff in their adjoining rooms. And um, Samantha, out of nowhere, has an inkling to remove the bottom of her suitcase. Where she finds a huge disassembled sniper rifle, which she puts together like no one's business. Okay, so yeah,
1: she may have not been a teacher before she woke up yeah. on the
0: Who knows? Or she taught something—that's <sighs> for sure. Along with a knife, along with a knife, you know that um, she then has another little you know night- nightmare moment where she her her mirror image this this thing this person that is manifesting slits her throat and she wakes up but the rifle is fully assembled on the bed so she freaks out runs to grab the rifle turns around as mitch enters room and nearly shoots him in the head and it's again it's there's comedy in this as well. Like there's physical comedy, there's like Samuel L. Jackson's comedy. It's it's a mixed bag. It's a buddy movie, was, a road yeah, trip movie. movie. They have a little no. Yeah, we'll we'll talk more about, about it. Female lead. Yeah. <sighs> so this was very nearly the party of the ways, but Sam Sam begs him to stay because she needs him. She has no other knowledge. So they head towards dr walden meanwhile <laughs> in the background we are discovering an operative who is not the nicest guy in the world uh, i don't know that we discover discovered his name is mitch for a while but mitch seems to like to torture people and is very much involved and concerned. Oh wait
1: you were just saying that mitch was um oh not Samuel mitch sorry Olympics.
0: what's this guy's name yeah. um, <laughs> Ch- <laughs> oh, what's his name? The bad Red guy. half and out. <sighs> what is his name? Hold on. Timothy. Why did I not get Timothy right? Timothy. Craig Berico. He's, he's, you know him. He's like the stereotypical 90s douche. He just happens to be a sociopathic murderer in this one. Uh, you know, stabbing people. But very interested in Charlie. And, and, oh. Ooh. Oh. Oh. Did I let something slip? Sam. Uh, very interested uh, in Sam and what Sam is doing and the fact that this woman who is known as Sam is alive. Ooh. 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 Very odd stuff. That's interesting. So yes, they they head to the train station where these two actually have their first encounter. Face to face, and he's very concerned about He He does it in the press, like the premise of hitting on her. And she's like, oh, She's being, still being a good suburban mum about it. Yeah, and he and she has no it.
1: idea who he is,
0: no idea who he is. So he orders a hit on her to happen in this train station. Oof. Holy balls! Holy ballsack, this goes insane! This goes insane. The fake, the fact fake, she sees the see, the thing is that she sees the gun that the fake Doctor Walden's holding first, and she is the one that she's she takes him out with a, with a gun that's in, Mitch's pocket. Like, that's I don't know that teachers know how to do that. It would be handy if they did today. In the no, American I'm schools.
1: very strongly leaning towards the fact that she may have not been teacher.
0: Oh look, yeah. Like, uh... <laughs> Yeah. Who can say? But yeah. she, yeah, she is. At, I love the duality that she plays. She and the snap between the two. Personas? Guess, her, yeah, we'll say personas because it's yeah. all going to come out soon. But when she, she can barely hold a gun without fumbling, but then she can take out a guy with two shots from a jacket pocket. One of And again, one of my favourite parts of this movie is when they get trapped in the corridor upstairs and they're like, <laughs> the hand grenade comes in and Samuel L. Jackson says, no way out! And you just see her grab the, the semi-automatic <laughs> hand machine gun that he has and her shotgun. They run, she shoots out a window, they jump out the window, fire a huge fireball, as she shoots out the ice in the lake next door. Oh they, yes, so cool! I'm like, what? What is that? Who who can do that? Like,
1: it was very hectic, and I guess it was like we're starting now to get a taste of like this is going to be like a full on action
0: movie now. It's not. <laughs> I, going no, to... I think the <laughs> amount of people that got killed at that train station. <laughs> probably suggest that it is an action movie. <laughs> as they as they surface, the real Doctor Walden happens to pull up out of nowhere and um, get them in the car. And this is amazing, amazing actor, Mr. Brian Cox, who has been who has been in everything. And Brian Cox is fantastic, it, and he's nothing short of fantastic here. So he gives Charlie. Back to Samantha, so he lets her know that her name has never has never been Samantha. She is Charlie Elizabeth Charlie Baltimore, a second generation assassin that worked for the American government for a group called Chapter, highly you know secret ops CIA thing so. I think that is as far from suburban school teacher as you can get. A mm,
1: little bit. Like, you know, if you had that on your resume, you probably wouldn't go for a teaching job. Yeah.
0: Look. Yeah, probably yeah. not. Probably not. No. So, no. so Samuel Samuel L. Jackson's Mitch has, has trouble believing him, so they they shake and they can't um, they can't trust him. So they chase up another name that was found in the suitcase a guy named Luke and in the, in the literature in the case, it talks about an engagement to Luke. So she believes that this was Charlie's former fiance. They go to engage. They go to engage. Meanwhile, we are getting constant references to a big bad guy. A big bad guy named Daedalus who is directing things from behind the scenes and is very interested in what's happening to what's happening to Charlie and why she's resurfaced after all these years so Ooh. they turn up to the farm, they turn up to the farm and find Charlie and Mitch is suspicious, Mitch is suspicious of course dr. Walden returns but Charlie adds um, Charlie. Charlie slash Sam. I guess we can call her Charlie now, right? Charlie, yes. Is, Jane Charlie does. is Yes. Charlie is certain that she knows this guy because she knows intimate details about him. Like he, he's sitting down and stuff like that. So Mitch is happy enough to to let him to let him and her have a little private time until Dr. Waldem returns and puts two and two together that engagement is a code word, and that Charlie is actually contracted to take out Luke. This guy. Tendless. At which um, point, you know, a helicopter arrives out of nowhere and starts shooting at them. Cue hmm. one of the coolest scenes in the movie again. I think this is what, if you've seen this movie, you know that this is kind of where it really kind of kicks into revenge fantasy. This is where we get a famous interrogation scene. So she is, t- she is t- tied to a water it's wheel. It's like a wheel.
1: Yeah, water wheel. yeah.
0: In a water yeah. wheel. Water and it's in, in a, like, a boat shed or something? Yeah, like, a, I was suggesting some kind of mill or something on the far, on, a, yeah. on a farm. Yeah, it's in the, the water. Mm-hmm. Freezing cold water, and they want to know exactly what Sam knows. What does Samantha Kane know? Because at the moment, she still doesn't believe that she's Sam. She, yep. uh, that she's Charlie. Sam doesn't believe she's Charlie. Ugh, this yep. is hard to keep track of. She is... Oh. Um, so, Gina she's, Davis. Gina Davis. Davis.
1: Brown-haired Gina, Gina Davis Moore. doesn't believe she's blonde-haired Gina Davis.
0: No. Samantha yeah. is, is uh-huh. tortured for the information. Uh-huh. Stripped down, bra, panties, and a very nice slip. She's tied uh-huh. up and submerged into the freezing mm-hmm. ice water where she sees the uh, body of Dr. Walden floating. And this seems to be where the snap happens. The trauma happens and Charlie fully resurfaces. Samantha is gone at this point. She, this, this, you know, the trauma of, you know, everything that's happened and the cold water. And I would suggest the oxygen deprivation and, you know, the near death experience of it all jolts her memory and the past life comes back. In fine form. In fine form. She manages to, to uh, you know, do what she couldn't do before and kill Daedalus, a.k.a. Luke. Uh, and, yeah, we think that the game is over there, except, you know, it's never really over because we're only halfway through the movie. Timothy escapes and we find out that Project Honeymoon is something bigger, something perhaps... Terrorists related <gasps> or fake terrorists related. There are still clues to be had. There are still clues to drop, you know? So she's she, she's ready to kind of go hammer and tongs and go full crazy revenge style fantasy on this. It's great. It's great because uh, this is where we get the physical transformation as well. Gina, go, we go from dowdy, long-haired Gina Davis to cool, short-haired platinum blonde Gina Davis.
1: Yeah, like that look that uh, Cardia always like bases her lesbian power-hungry looks on. You know, with big shoulder pads, looks, slick blonde hair. She looks, <laughs> great.
0: she looks great though. She looks amazing, and. Yeah, the the the, pl- the Platinum Blonde really brings out the, uh, I guess, psychopathic in you know? her. <laughs> She's a little, uh-huh. <laughs> a little psychopathic at this point. She's very intense. You're like, oh, God. Okay. So while they're on the hunt for, you know, for Timothy, yep. there just happens to be a little bit of a kidnapping, you know. He finds her daughter and takes her. And again, this guy, this guy is like capital E evil. Um, a mother with two kids sees him gas the kid and, and and take her away at the Christmas pageant. And she stops in front of her child, holds a knife to I I don't think you would get away with this, though. Holds a knife to a child's throat and says, you're about to have 2.4 children, <laughs> if you say anything. It's like, oh, I don't know that we would get away with that today. But, you know. <laughs> oh, well. She, uh,
1: Death. <laughs> Look, he sorted the situation too. He done well. <laughs> Cut so, those squealers.
0: Yeah, Two and two is put together and Charlie remembers that, you know, Mitch and her have a quite complicated past. The, oh. complicated, the complicated Project Honeymoon. Uh, they slept together. Wait, her was, and Tim. Her and Mitch. Her so, Mitch the... did. So oh, Mitch no, did no. Know. no. Timothy, yeah, Timothy. She very Nelly sleeps wow. with Tim. She tries to because she's trying to kill off Samantha. She's trying to kill off the good girl. So uh, all of these names are hard to keep track of, people. Yes. Charlie and Timothy, who is a psychological operations specialist, by the way, which is which explains why he's so like good at he he does play the cycle. He like he knew that that water was either going to send her crazy or kill her. So he knows the torture. He knows the torture methods, and he um, probably
1: knew yeah. threatening that mother's kid would shut her up.
0: Yeah. <sighs> so yeah, the romance kind of interrupted the project honeymoon. Yeah. So, which turns out to be, and, and the intention was a false flag chemical bomb detonation. Okay, so they were going to blame on Islamic terrorists in nineteen ninety six Yeah,
1: Islamists. and this was I all. Now, Gina,
0: you should have. This was
1: all. Yeah, this was all in,
0: in, in like in a to get the CIA more funding to say, look we can't protect the country. Look what happened. This is like, yep. <laughs> now it's uh, an espionage political thriller as well. So yeah. this is where, where one eye Jack comes in, you know, uh, he was trusted with the disposal of Charlie uh, when she, you know, when she kind of got all up in her feelings and whatnot about Mitch and all that kind of thing. And, she was drugged, and his job was to take her out. But he had, to, he had to go a touchy, touchy, no, no. And we find out how he got oh, one off. How he was about to give her the hot shot, and she got, he, she snapped off the syringe in his eye socket. Even today, I was like, oh god, that's yeah. not good. That's not good. Yeah. <laughs> now, so she wasn't happy with him. He's not timid. He's not a happy man. And Charlie finally manages to get in contact with the real Mister Perkins, who was her handler, handler CIA director at the moment. Now Leland Perkins. Mm-hmm. She wants to. She wants to report in and you know be gone. But again, we are wiretapping. Why is the government wiretapping its own agents? If it wasn't still intending to launch Project Honeymoon. So we find out that Timothy is now the head of, head of operations since Dedalus has been taking up. Yep. And has, the kid, has the kidnapped Caitlin in Niagara Falls, ready to, you know, right in the midst of things. And he c he, he calls her and says, I'll blind the kid and take out both her knees, shoot out both her knees. This guy is as I said, capital E evil. <laughs> he's, he's not a good dude. He's no, not he's a
1: not real nice. No. no. Trying to kill kids everywhere he goes.
0: Yeah. So <sighs> this is where this is where Charlie and Mitch go on, I guess their wild bunch, you know, suicidal mission to try and First of all, save Caitlin, but second of all, save the United States from going to war and you know, false flag terrorism, all that kind of thing. Yeah, um, they are pretty for two people. They do a lot of damage. They do a lot of a lot of damage to a lot of people, and we've all throughout the movie we've been playing on this sympathy for Samantha, but now there is also. As as tough as she is and as intense as she is, then I I started to feel a little bit for Charlie as well because she lost you know eight years of her life. She became a mother when she she didn't even know she was a mother. Do you know what I mean? Like she yeah. all this happened to her, and she she says to me, "They're going to shoot my head off. This is the last time I'll ever be pretty." And I was like, "Oh, that was actually like quite I don't know that one that just hit me a little bit." I was like, "Oh, okay." But in, in full Charlie Baltimore style, she manages to get the kid, but get captured as well. Now, this is a bit intense. He's more than happy to, you know, take, take her out and, and kill, kill anyone that gets in his way. This is where Charlie's memory really, really plays in because she asks him, Timothy, to look in Caitlin's eyes because they're his eyes. Oh, see. The mystery, oh, I... uh, the mystery
1: father reveals. Yep, and he's <laughs> willing to kill his own kid.
0: Exactly. Still is uh, too. The, but there is a that there is a great like moment of realization when he does when he says, look let me look in your fucking eyes. And then he looks and goes, <gasps> that's me. But you know, still happy to kill them. Still having to kill them. Yeah. Yeah. Can you ever really discount... He's committed by this point, though. Like, you know. Can you ever really discount the skills of a CIA former fucking assassin? I don't think you can. Because the dolly dolly that was given to her by Mr Perkins, the real Mr Perkins, not the bear, uh, just happens to be full of (laughs) Kerosene, <laughs> because, you know, Charlie's that good. She gets a meat hook out of the freezer, hacks out a thing, takes out the kid's retainer, squeezes out the petrol. Oh, there is and- a way out, doesn't she? Well, tries to, because yeah. she, she can't get a spark off the meat hook in the, in the freezer. He's turned it down to, like, ridiculous freezing temperatures so they die. But she can't get a spark because of the cold. Lucky mum take daughter takes after mum because she held on to the matches for the for the candle vigil. You, yet another Samuel L. Jackson, I think he must have secondhand deafness from this. <laughs> he gets thrown out in explosions this whole film. <laughs> but you know, that's what he does. He does that. Yeah. He escapes. They get out and you know, he tries to get Charlie and Caitlin out. He which ultimately it looks like anyway, he has to sacrifice himself. So he gets quite lit up. He's full of bullets by the end of it. And Caitlin is told to run and hide. Which is fine, you know, that's what happens. You hide. But she just well, happens to hide him in the truck that is full of the chemical explosive that is headed. I oh know. To... This kid is a pain
1: in the ass by this point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, really? There's bad shit going yeah. down. You're going to go
0: yeah. and hide? You know, yeah. This, this, new, <laughs> this new plan is to detonate the, the weapon. In the center of a city to take out about four thousand people in the middle of a Christmas parade. So once it's a
1: Christmas movie,
0: yeah, oh. it is a Christmas movie. Once yeah. Mitch, uh, uh, Mitch, and Charlie find out that you know the kids in the in the truck, they're gonna go after the kid in the truck, man. Pain in the ass. Yeah, you know, they gotta go. They gotta go. They gotta oh, go. So, so wait, truck...
1: Charlie was quite happy just to let four thousand randoms blow up. Well, point, they, they, they
0: didn't know it was going to happen. All this has happened because uh, of Charlie, Charlie being too good. The attack's going to yeah. happen early. It's on, you know? No, yep. it's, happening. it's happening. But fierce mama bear, fierce mama bear manages to chase down the truck, overpower the driver, and get it away from the Christmas parade, but not before the brakes blow out. <laughs> she manages it to get it onto... Niagara Falls International Bridge, which is the bridge that leads between Canada and the US. Uh, yeah. Um, very very interesting socioeconomic commentary this one. <sighs> but the the weapon is primed and ready to blow up. She she gets out, um, but can't get away in time. So she's like reeling, reeling, reeling from her injuries and tells tells Caitlin to run. Don't look back, run away. So she does what she says and Charlie collapses on the ground, looking looking like she's done, because she's she's been beat, she's been shot, she's been all the stuff. Yeah. She yeah, Caitlin comes back and, you know, pounds, does the pound and brings brings back to life. You know, life is tough, deal with it. Brings it a life. And we think they're going to get away until this bastard, Timothy, you cannot kill the guy pops up again, (laughs) pops up again. Like he's been thrown into, thrown into the bloody river. All this kind of stuff happens shooting at him from a helicopter. She manages to do one again, a cool bloody and Christmas commentary as well, manages to (laughs) get up some Christmas lights Shoot him one-handed as he falls down onto the truck. She comes down, gets up, picks up the kid. Lucky Mitch comes to save the day. They get into the car as the timer counts down. Blowing the bridge. And Timothy to Kingdom Come. As he oh. dies screaming. As he dies screaming, like Charlie said he would. Big, big explosion! Big explosion! <laughs> so
1: wait, did all this chemical then go into Niagara Falls?
0: Well, it wasn't. It wasn't chemical. It was. It was a liquid explosion. Just explosive. explode. Okay. It wasn't a chemical. All right. bio- it wasn't a biological. It was chemical explosion. Okay. All right. So we've all we've 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 got to pick up pieces. Charlie has memory. Charlie has a memory previously that you know, not everything is is what it seems as we've discovered with Mr. Perkins, but also the charm bracelet that she left around Mr. Perkins' neck for safekeeping happens Mm. to be, you know, a key to a safe deposit box with a large, large amount of money. So as we fade out and, you know, it looks like they both are well and truly beaten to nearly death. They look like they're dying. We can epilogue. We can epilogue. Mm. It seems like Charlie Baltimore has gone away. Samantha Kane has returned. She gets a phone caller she is driving with the top down from the president of the United States offering her a job with the State Department, which would mean she's screwed joining the CIA. She um, politely declines, saying she doesn't really have an issue with the money, as she pats a huge briefcase full of money. She does have one favour, however. Mitch, who, is be- who we've seen is, you know, being portrayed as a deadbeat dad, a, a, you know, a formerly crooked cop, but a guy with a heart of gold, really ends up being the public face of heroism on Larry King Live, who talks all about, you know, um, the real Mr Perkins CIA director being indicted for treason. And that's our happy ending as, you know, Charlie and Caitlin and Hal sit out in, in a beautiful field, eating dinner, saying we could stay here forever, she picks up a steak knife and hurls it into a stump, and smiles. And chefs do thing. that. Chefs do that. Now chefs do do that. <sighs> it, saying it is so much like it's a two-hour movie, and there is never a moment where you can't look.
1: This was a movie I found harder to follow as a young younger person. Like I'd really sit and watch it when I watched yeah. it again. Yeah, and actually understand what was going on because it's still a fun ride, but I had no idea what was going on when I was younger because there's all this stuff happening, so... (laughs)
0: Yeah, and there's even more implications now, like, when you understand, like, political structures and all that kind of thing, there's... It means so much more, and I just, like... It's a a two-hour movie when movies didn't used to be... Like, they, they, like, drop it for that hour and a half, like... Yeah,
1: especially an action play. play. That's
0: the end. This had a lot of story to tell and it had a lot of action, it had a lot of everything, and it kinda wrapped and and it was it was, you know, it was good. Now the original budget for this sucker was sixty five million dollars. Which is not a small chunk of change back in the day. No. It made ninety five point five million so not, not bad it made, it made back the budget it was a yeah. small six but the reason why it was kind of slept on and shunned for the longest time and as I said this movie is a cult classic is because of the movie that came out ten months prior that also starred Gina Davis and was directed by Rennie Harlan do you know what that movie is? Absolutely not. Cutthroat Island, one of, cinema, one of cinema's Ugh. one of cinema's biggest bombs. Yeah, that movie, Ugh. that movie was a huge box office failure. Um, still to this day, it's still one of the biggest failures. Uh, okay, is it a terrible um, film? Look, it is. It again is a cult classic. You know. Yeah. Um, it's a cult classic. It's... Yeah. Yeah, look. It's a cult classic. So you uh, reckon Cutthroat Island
1: might have just sort of th- finished there Gina was, off? Yeah.
0: There, was, there was heavy criticism of it. Um, yep. And Rennie Harland blames the performance on the advertising because they dressed it up as just another action film. But director, uh, I think it's Shane Black directed it. No, Shane Black. Producer, sorry. The producer and the writer, Shane Black, says mm-hmm. that he thinks it was because it was a female lead. Female lead. Like the first probably prominent female action. Like like Linda Hamilton, like Sarah Connor is an action hero, but this is Linda Hamilton. was lead. Like yeah, we saw Arnie was the Yeah, but you know, we saw her character develop too. Like in Terminator, she wasn't Sarah Connor gun toning like badass. She was yeah. Sarah Connor person. This was heavily focused on Gina Davis being the action, the action star. You know what I mean? It's um, yeah. and he he said it might have made more money. uh, People told him if it was a male, if it if it was a male league like that was what they, if they he had ran with
1: about. Samuel yeah
0: so look i i i think that this one, i is, think the
1: movie probably the timing probably hurt it maybe yeah. with it, its reception being
0: that, close, being that close to cutthroat island and being you know they were they were together they were they were a couple and you know it yeah. was it was, and it
1: kind of didn't know yeah. its audience, let's be honest too, because of like the female lead and it was a very clever film but it was also trying to appeal to that really you know, just dumb, constant action stuff as well. So do you think it was
0: it, probably too smart for its own good? I think it was too
1: smart for its own audience at the time, yes. Yeah. For its for its um intended audience,
0: yes. Yeah, but watching it back, like there's not a lot wrong with it. I I don't actually think there's anything wrong with it. I think Gina Davis is amazing. And the duality that she plays, the innocence and, you know, uh, of Sam. And then that bad assness that is, <laughs> that, that is Charlie. She's great. Samuel L. Jackson is, you know, top tier going 100%. The oh, guy man. that plays Timothy is a fucking douche canoe. you like, you are the, you are, as I said, capital E evil. It's all good. It has, as you said, it's like we've we've chucked... The formula's
1: falling. all there,
0: yeah. Bam, this is what it is.
1: Yeah, the formula's all there. I just think, yeah, it was just of its... Maybe, yeah, the, the audience that would go to see action flicks did want to see Arnie and John Claude and whoever else, Sylvester doing all the stuff, so they and, female, they, and maybe they weren't ready for Gina Davis of all of them. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. like, she was, up until that point, she was not considered an action person at all, really. Sorry, she was...
0: Captain Island, Island, she was heavily heavily. But it bombed. Well. Yeah. But it bombed. So um, but it, prior to that, like, I mean, Gina's
1: mostly known for Beetlejuice, let's be honest. Yeah. Like, that's and one I'll of her... And a league of their yeah. own. So she was more a comedic actress and then to have this, I don't know, people maybe didn't have faith in it. I don't know. But it, a,
0: has become, it has become a cult classic.
1: Yeah. I think as people have aged with the film and, like, and even yeah. new people come to it and they go, oh, this is a good film. I don't
0: see what the issue is. And yeah. so, I, much so, so much so that Samuel L. Jackson says this is his favourite movie to watch that he was in. Oh, well, there you go. Samuel, now, Samuel Lutz- do you reckon a sequel yeah. could work? This is what <laughs> we're talking. This is what I was just about to mention. So, in the last pages of the original script, there was a proposal for a sequel called "The Kiss After Lightning" that never happened. So there was also oh, wow. there was also you know uh, there was reports of a sequel being planned for release in 2007, but it it faded and dropped away cut mm. to this year, cut to this year, when Gina Davis was doing some promo for something, she was asked about Beetlejuice. Because Beetlejuice yep. 2, the movie that we thought was never gonna happen, is in production. On... Yeah, Jeff are, keeps sending me photos of the set. I <sighs> know no, Jeffrey Jeff I feel like Jeffrey is gonna end up on the set because it's quite close to where yeah. he lives. So I feel like Jeffrey, you're gonna see yeah. Jeff in the back of Beetlejuice too. Uh which he was alive, I'm sure. But she, gets, she, she was asked about returning to Beetlejuice. She said she's not sure about Beetlejuice because ghosts age. So she doesn't know if her character can, can return yeah, ghosts Yeah, but they age. can de-age people now,
1: you just said.
0: They can. <laughs> but the other movie they asked her about was A Long Kiss Goodnight. Uh-oh. And Gina, Gina said her and Samuel L. Jackson talk about it constantly. They say if there's one film that they were both in that they would like to do a sequel to, it is The Long it's Kiss that. because there is story. And the more I think about it, of course, there's like we we are in the age of the reboot slash recall now. Like her daughter would be old enough to have a daughter. Do you know what I mean? Who's yeah. just to say that you know, uh, little little Caitlin didn't, didn't maybe become a secret operative. In college and has never told mum that they have to save the world together.
1: Oh look, I think that there is plenty of opportunity and potential to tap there. And you know, if Samuel and her had such a fun time doing it, maybe it is on the cards. You know, it I might be just one of those it. random movies we get a sequel to.
0: Well, it <laughs> seems to be the way they're they're all happening. Like movies movies that we thought would we would never get sequels to. As I said, Beetlejuice, Dirty Dancing, they're Ghostbusters. They're all happening. Some of them are shot. Some of them are finished. So these movies that are cult classics that are now that have these big, big, big fan bases now do have the chance to live again. Look, like I mean, you just look at the success of Halloween and Scream, and we know that people love people love an intellectual property and they love. Going back to memories that they had of the '90s and earlier, and going, oh, what happens now? So
1: well, I'm, I'm sure most is... people over 30, if they just showed Gina with that blonde hair again in just a
0: quick no. trailer, they'd be
1: like, "We know who that is." Yeah.
0: yeah, I think, I think, yeah. There's three, three movies. You go, Gina Davis. You go, yep. Yeah. Beetlejuice. Leave it Long kiss, good night. <laughs> so, and *A League of, of Their Own* has a TV series now. So, Gina, this is it. We're going to put it out into the universe. Come on, Gina. I would love to see it. I think that it would make a great sequel, a sequelized movie. Do you know what I mean? And like, it could. Yeah, be we'll just be able to tell its whole new story, and but just have familiar story, characters but... just, the familiarity of this character because Gina Davis still looks damn good. She looks great for her age, so she could pull off Charlie's. Yes, yeah, Samuel Samuel Jackson's still doing action in in a Secret Invasion at the moment. For uh, Marvel. Samuel
1: L. Jackson could be in anything ever, and it wouldn't matter. He'd just still be Samuel L. Jackson. It. It's, it's not gonna it's not gonna hurt his brand. <laughs> no worries.
0: So let's give it a score out of five chef knives. How many how many chef knives? Five are you chef giving?
1: knives. Know, oh, gosh. Look, back before I could watch it with a mature mind, I would have gave it probably <laughs> a three. Now I'll give it a four. I think it's a solid four out of five, definitely. There's lots of action. Maybe it could have benefited from a little bit of like um, pacing tidy up and a little bit of um, – maybe it could have been a slightly simplified for the audience so they – could access it more. It it was a clever film, um, so yeah, I, I still give it definitely a four out of five.
0: Yeah, look, I'm gonna uh, this one. I am not usually the biggest action person. Like I mm-hmm. I kind of need a little bit more story, but this one has the story. It has the action. It has the acting. I, I I'm gonna give it a five. I love this movie. This is <sighs> a this is one of my this is one of my go to. If I want to go. 90s did it grease
1: your
0: like, wheels bubs did it, it grease your wheels <laughs> in my 90s like going to the video shop getting my get my weeklies and yeah, you know, a new release in two weeklies like oh calm down this, uh, this one was in my rotation i remember getting the white cover that we saw the white promo shot i was like yeah, yeah. i remember the, the black le- like it was the black leather the cool black leather and all that kind of stuff so it was yeah I, I love oh, this movie. I think, it, I think it's good. So, if you, ha- I would, we would like to know what your rating is for The Long Kiss Goodnight. How many chef knives out of five do you give it? And let us know. If there, yeah. is, a, yeah, if there is another movie that you would like us to review, please let us know. Hey, we, we might even have you on the show. If you're an expert or a fan on a movie, let us know. We've done it before with Star Wars. We're always looking for fresh points of view. So if you're a mega fan of a movie, get in contact with us. It can't be horror, though. That is for a separate show. But we're always willing to welcome new minds and new ideas here at Uncensored Radio and, you know, really make make, make everything a bit more well-rounded. So thank you, Luke, for joining us tonight. On no, thank very you. Good- Thanks for you popping, popping my it. assigned seating,
1: <laughs> Cherry. Yeah. Yes. So version And, and I'm very glad to have been there with Gina when it happened. Yes. Uh, if there's no
0: person to love with you, it's Gina Davis. Thank you so Gina much Davis. for joining <laughs> us, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls and action fans everywhere. We will be back at you soon with another session of assigned seating. But until then, life is hard. Yeah, is it life is it? hard. <laughs> See you guys. <laughs> <laughs>